Chapter 35. Rejoice. Over the years, one of the more common things I have heard is the description of someone beginning with these words. He's a good man, but, or, she's a good woman, but, followed by a list of qualifications. Some years ago, I knew a woman who was described that way. She was one of the more dedicated members of a particular church, always ready to work, and very capable in whatever she did. But she was also known to be a chronic critic and complainer. Her husband never went to church. A neighbor woman tried once to coax him into going and into becoming a Christian by saying, You don't want to be separated from your wife for all eternity when you die, do you? The man laughed and said, We won't be separated. Can you see my wife going where she has nothing to complain about? Sadly, this kind of complaining mindset is true of too many people. Paul had this in mind when he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Philippians 4.4 4. Moffat renders the second part, I will say it again, rejoice. Given Paul's many painful and ugly experiences, one would think he would be the last man to give such a command. And it is an order to us. Paul, however, thought of the fact that God is always on the throne, and he makes all things work together for good to those who love him, to those called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. Paul also believed that all who are the recipients of God's grace must weigh the present distress against an eternity of triumph. Only with such a trusting and joyful faith, he said, can we know the peace of God which passeth all understanding, Philippians 4.7. Our discontent makes life a hell. Gratitude to and joy in the Lord will give us peace under fire.